When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Who, what, what, what other podcasts are there out there that we can... That we can ma- imitate? <laughs> Here's what else you need to know today. On Saturday, President Trump announced legislation... <laughs> Here's what Democratic lawmakers had to say. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Oh, ooh, this this is it right here. Okay. Hmm. 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 <laughs> the theme uh, show of the yeah. daily, Justin Michael Barbaros. Justin Michael Barbaros. Hmm. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. For your business paper needs or Dundamith, then the people versus paper people. Dundamith, then the people versus paper people. Dundamith, then the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and robot butler, Sean Roney. And I'm legendary hockey trainer, Edwin Janes. Cherokee Edwin, for short. (laughs) And not with us this week in the warehouse, our producer, Mr. Alex Ward, who left us this message before he he left. Hey, everybody, listen up. This is what we're going to do. You sit tight until I return. Sound good? Doesn't matter. It's an order. Follow it blindly. (laughs) Okay. All right. Ciao. Adios. Uh, well, Edwin, I don't know about you, but I'm not, uh, I don't want to sit tight and wait for Alex to get back. Let's do an episode. All right. And how about, uh, just like the Dunder Mifflin employees, when Michael says that same thing to them, we should dive into Threat Level Midnight. Yeah, the theme for this week is Threat Level Midnight. Threat uh, Level Midnight. <laughs> uh, a, obviously, uh, an episode in season seven entitled Threat Level Midnight, but it is Michael's screenplay. That he wrote, first mm-hmm. teased in season two, episode seven, The Client. Yep, yep. Um, and then again, we get this full, full-length feature film starring all of the characters in the office at the end of season seven. So um, we're excited to talk about how that sort of that first sort of mention or that read through that they do in season two uh, becomes this fully fleshed-out movie in season seven, right. and how it's alluded to along the way. Um, it's a premise that I think we as viewers were not really expecting. Um, when it finally comes out. Right, so. right. <laughs> like, we didn't actually know that he's making the movie the whole time in between the client and season seven. Yeah, and looking back at it, I think it's one of the best uses of the full ensemble in the in the whole show. Yeah. And then uh, it's also uh, perfect uh, sort of fodder for memes, right? Right, right. Like, oh, yeah. uh, especially as John Krasinski continues his movie career, you know? <laughs> Same with yeah. Steve Carell, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jack Ryan, nah. Golden Face, yes. Yeah, like, and it's the play within the play, right? Which right. is also, those are always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, as you were saying, we, we get uh, introduced to Threat Level Midnight in The Client, Episode 7, Season 2, written by Paul Lieberstein and directed by Greg Daniels. Um, 
Michael and Jan are out on a meeting with a client, uh, Tim Meadows at uh, Chili's. Christian is his name. <laughs> and uh, Michael needs a joke, so he calls Pam and tells her to go through his desk and look for a joke book. And she finds the threat level midnight screenplay in there. Um, and of course, you know, Michael's out of the office. Uh, so uh, Jim uh, proposes that they all just, uh, you know, p- put off their work and uh, read the screenplay together. One thing I want to mention, I mean, so see, this this is a, a unique episode in that we get Threat Level Midnight, which is so absurd, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it, but it comes about in a very organic way, right? Uh, Michael is out of the office and he calls Pam and asks her to go through his desk, which is how she kind of stumbles upon it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's going on in the A storyline is Michael and Jan are trying to prevent the company from being downsized. There's a threat of the, if they get this, if they land this client, mm-hmm. Lackawanna County, there they can save the branch, right? Wow. So there's real stakes. So there, it, it really yeah. is threat level midnight. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so we're there um, in that combination of early seasons where there's this real threat of them going under, yeah. right? But at the same time, there can be this this really funny, absurd, silly, strange thing going on in the background in a way that doesn't feel maybe uh as i don't want to say forced but in the later seasons we're just we just kind of expect crazy things to happen all the time yeah right and uh this feels a little more organic yeah um i uh yeah so they all sit down and decide to uh start reading the screenplay phyllis is playing Catherine Catherine zeta jones the character mm-hmm. um who is uh, michael scarn's secretary slash um you know she's she's uh, in love with him mm-hmm. uh, first <laughs> message is from me i love <laughs> you <laughs> that's from me uh, can never work, Catherine. <laughs> not in a thousand years. Get off my desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dwight, as they are, uh, as they're picking roles, <clears throat> Dwight comes in and it starts telling people that they're not allowed to do this, and you know it's wrong to make fun of Michael's screenplay. But uh, Jim offers him the role of Michael Scarn, and so uh, and so Dwight is in to that. Uh, sits down and plays the lead uh, until he discovers that uh, the Dwigged. Right, the single dick. So uh, <laughs> Ryan is playing Samuel L. Chang, Michael's uh, robot butler assistant. Yeah. Um, who, I forget it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Agent Michael Scott. Yeah. Word. Um, <laughs> the character's name is Samuel L. Chang. Uh, Michael does a search and replace, leaving one dwigged. D-W-I-G-H-T, right? So Dwight kind of storms off. But we get this sort of unique look into Michael's psyche where he is a secret agent, where he is, you know, king of the world, where he can, Mm -hmm. uh, where he's um, the star of his own movie, right? Right. This showbiz dream that never dies, despite that he lives in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and, you know, is rapidly aging out of the (laughs) leading man (laughs) age group. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I think uh, I think some other roles we see in this are I think Oscar plays Golden Face. Jim, Oscar plays Golden Face. Jim's yeah. reading the stage directions. Um, uh, it is funny that you brought that up though about Michael. You know them having to actually kind of save the branch, and in a way, Michael is kind of the the hero of this episode. He's the one who, um, you know, he he gets the girl in the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He also, you know, talks about them having a signal in case one of them gets in, like, gets in a jam. Right, right. right. <laughs> he's like, that was her fault. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I wouldn't have had to say nonsense words. Right. So yeah, Michael, Michael does kind of guide the sales meeting mm-hmm. uh, to avoid sort of talking about the actual business dealing. Focus instead on uh, an awesome blossom, extra blossom, <laughs> and perhaps baby back ribs. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> but. Uh, what we see from Michael is his sort of sales prowess, right? That we that is alluded to or shown a few different times through the course of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he does kind of play the card. Is like I'm from Scranton, like I I know exactly. You know, I'm from this community, right. and like I don't want to see it. You know, the the big box or the corporate chains will come in. They'll kill us, and then they'll <laughs> like uh, and then they'll raise all the prices. Yeah, he's know? got his sleeves rolled yeah, up. Sleeves rolled up. <laughs> oh, one small detail that I noticed in rewatching this yeah. was that. Um, Jan starts to lay out the details at the very beginning of the episode, right. and she goes, okay, we've got, the, the county has 13 schools, two hospitals, and Michael is like, ooh, graphs and charts, looks like USA Today, right? <laughs> and then when Michael is talking to Christian later at the Chili's, he's like, listen, I'm from Scranton. He's like, I know here, I'm from here, I know how many hospitals there are and how many schools <laughs> there are. He literally references- I have never caught I've that. I've never caught that either. It was the fir- He references the <laughs> one detail that Jan talks about. Yeah. Right. And he- <laughs> 
Oh, that's so good. And he's not paying attention when she's when she's doing that. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think this is a great um, premise for this episode too. Mm-hmm. You know, besides threat level midnight itself, it's just fun to see um, the the office workers doing a table read. You know, yeah, it, yeah. Like I think that that's really fun. You know, I I I work in film, so sometimes I get scri- well, I get scripts all the time and stuff like that. So um, we've actually done some camping trips before, where I'll bring <laughs> yeah, a script yeah, we uh-huh. <laughs> and we'll do a and we'll do a reading because it's like it just is it just it's is fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone gets to play a character. People have to read the state the the uh, stage directions aloud. It's it's just it's just a fun time so i i thought that was it's just nice to watch them having fun in rewatching this episode a couple times too the timeline is really fuzzy in that it opens in a meeting in the conference room with jan and michael and michael's you know he says uh all right like you guys can go home we're gonna go for this meeting Mm -hmm. and jan says you know do you always close the branch when you leave for an hour right right whatever and michael has to kind of he negotiates with himself yeah they get more work done when i'm not here he's like that's (laughs) not true they get the same amount of work done whether i'm here or not (laughs) and that's when he launches into that yeah stay here until (laughs) i come back listen up everybody this is what we're gonna do right but he clearly doesn't come back and it's shown like this meeting continues well on into the night right and they're doing the table read and then eventually uh you know they go upstairs because dwight and kevin you know dwight says anyone wants to see a real show come up with me i have some fireworks <laughs> yeah we light them off in the parking lot yeah and then uh jim and pam go up to the roof with jim's famous grilled cheese sandwich right, right. and they watch the show yeah, um, but like, but there, it's it's just not really. They don't really talk about how they have to wait for Michael. Well, Dwight never left. Dwight never leaves. He wakes up with the <laughs> yeah. space blanket on, yeah. the, on the couch in his tidy whities. Uh, but there is a scene where Jim and Pam are like waiting to go home. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. and I think Roy has already left, maybe because. Uh, yeah, he stops by while they're doing the table read. Right. at one point, and she's like, "I gotta stay and wait." And he's <laughs> like, "Seriously?" <laughs> Dwight's making gunshot noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but it's just funny that they never acknowledge like when they actually do decide to leave <laughs> and how late they end up staying. Right, you know? right. Um, not that it really matters. You're more caught up in the Jim and Pam drama of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, so one thing uh, I wanted to mention, and I don't mean to dwell too much on the client, let's get to season yeah, yeah. seven, but I did watch the deleted scenes oh, to cool. kind of uh, prep for this, and there is some extended table read, table read footage okay. uh, where Jim says, bullets are flying everywhere. Michael Scarn kicks open the plane door with a karate chop. <laughs> Kicks open the plane door with a karate chop, and shot. Dwight is sitting in the sitting at his desk watching them because he's already this is because he's already quit. This is post twicked, okay? Right? And he <laughs> says, uh, "Kicking a cro- kicking a chopper, different things." And Jim says, "It's just a movie, Dwight." <laughs> and and Dwight says, D- "That doesn't make any sense." And Oscar says, "Yeah, now it doesn't make sense." And then uh, it's like uh, Michael Scarn looks around. Bullets are flying. Um, Agent Chang, don't jump, Agent Scarn. There are no parachutes. A bullet hits hits uh, hits Samuel L. Chang. And Pam says, oh, so close to retirement. And then it ends with um, one more bullet flies towards Michael Scarn, but he jumps out of the plane without a parachute. And that's the end of the screenplay. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then as a tag to the end of the deleted scenes, it's Jim. The whole thing is framed by first date stories. Mm-hmm. This is where we find out that, you know, Roy left Pam at a minor league hockey game or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. And Jim and Pam go on their little rooftop date. And then the next morning, Jim is like, you could say that we had our first date last night. And Pam's like, oh, I don't know about that. Oh, boy. You know, it's very awkward. Oh, right? yeah. Um, and then, you know, Jim says, well, Lisa didn't leave you at a hockey game. <laughs> Pam is kind of cold to him. And then the episode closes with Michael and, and Jim sort of sharing this look. For the next day, like from the next day? From the next day. The last scene is them like looking, you know, Jim looks into Michael's office and they both kind of shrug at each other. Right. Because Jan has called Michael and been like, did you slip me anything? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Michael is curled up under his desk to avoid the cameras. Right, right. No, I did not purposely get you drunk. Yeah, Yeah, right, right. Oh my God. He's like, I miss you. (laughs) Um, But at the end of the deleted scenes, we get a, a Jim saying, what was my f- worst first date? And he's like, well, you know, it was uh, actually just uh, down the street here at Gugino's. Um, we had just met. We, st- we were working together. We we had lunch. We k- hit it off. It felt like we were having a really good time. And then I found out she was engaged, right? Oh, Yeah, <laughs> wow. so it's kind of uh, this sort of bittersweet talking head. Oh, it doesn't make yeah. it into the show. Yeah. Um, but it's just another little button on hmm. that episode. But hmm. anyway, let's move to season seven. Yeah. Let's move to the, the main event, Threat, Threat Level, Level Midnight. Midnight. Uh, um, episode oh, seventeen of season seven. Really okay. quickly, I'm Go sorry. Ahead. Let's let's uh, capture where it's alluded to, 
because Threat Level Midnight is alluded to a couple times in between season oh, two and oh, season please. seven. Yeah. So oh, I didn't catch that. It's alluded to in email surveillance in, in season two mm-hmm. uh, when Michael is at improv and every scene he you know has a gun. Yeah, yeah, and he he's kicks always... in the door. Boom! Agent Michael Schoon, FBI. Yeah, yeah. He's always Agent Michael Scarn, FBI. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Michael Scarn comes up several times, right? He, he calls David Wallace, uh, uh, David Wallace's office at one point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I didn't have that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, this is Michael. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Money, um, when he's at the call center and he's like talking about Die Hard with all the people there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, man, you're, you're really good at this. You should review movies. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'm actually writing a movie. And they're like, really? And he says, yeah, it's kind of a spy thriller thing. Right. <laughs> And then later uh, in the dinner party episode, when Jan is pitching her candles, mm-hmm. it's bonfire. Michael's like, bonfire, James Bonfire. And he goes, Agent Michael's gone. <laughs> yeah. Shoots finger guns. Right? <laughs> and then and then later in that episode, they're they're talking about Hunter and at the dinner table, and Jan says, Well, at least he's an artist. And Michael says, Well, I'm a screenwriter. Oh you know? my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So I think th- that's the uh, those are the uh the interim right. between season seven. So here we are, season seven, episode seventeen. Uh, written by B.J. Novak, directed by Tucker Gates. I did look him up. He just is a he's a hard working uh, television director. Jumps around a lot between shows. Uh, so uh, this episode, of course, opens up with a delivery man who we've never seen before coming in, saying that he has a delivery for Michael Scarn. <laughs> Michael says, "Leave it at reception." He says, "I got to <laughs> deliver this one in person and start shooting." <laughs> Michael's di- dodging bullets like it's the Matrix. Um, <laughs> Uh, I did, you know, in doing some research on this episode, people point out like, oh, you know, we never see this. Um, we don't. We have no idea who, who that this guy is. Delivery yeah. man is. And I was thinking about that, and it's like, well, gosh, it does have to. It has to be someone we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're gonna know it's the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if one of the warehouse workers is like delivery for Michael's, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. It has to be someone else because so, it's kind of a tease. It needs to be a surprise, right? Because um, then, of course, uh, after Michael shoots <laughs> the delivery man and says, clean up on aisle five, uh, he introduces the movie uh, mm. Threat Level Midnight, and it's finally complete. In doing preparation for this, uh, I did read this long Q&A with BJ Novak specifically about this episode, and I think, uh, and he was really gracious with his time and sort of answering all these questions, and he talks a lot about the different hair and makeup, why certain characters win it or not, so I'm going to, I'm going to sort of okay. pepper that yeah. in as we talk about yeah, it because yeah. uh, there's a lot of really each... great commentary and reasoning why certain things are shot the way they are. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, because this episode in particular is such a great collection of the whole cast uh, of, of a show that like, you know, utilizing its continuity without being really hacky or really self-referential. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to do a bunch of jokes that are ba- so backward-facing, like, you do it in the context of this ridiculous comedy movie. Right, that right. Michael has made, yeah. Right, and I do love that, too. Like, you know, it's it's everyone's in it, and we're also... <clears throat> all of the locations, all the sets are uh, locations we know from the show, for mm-hmm. the most part, um, being dressed in different ways and stuff like that. So that's really fun, too. Um the uh, I get you know the cast of the movie I think is is worth going over really quick. Um, obviously, uh, Michael Scott is Michael Scarn. Dwight is playing Samuel L. Chang. I think it's important to note that he's not referred to as Samuel L. Chang. Right. He's only ever referenced as Samuel. And in yep. the Q and A, B. J. Novak said like his reasoning is that Michael couldn't find an actor to place a character who could convincingly be Samuel L. Chang. So they just called him Samuel and left it as Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, Jim, of course, Golden Fight is Golden Face, the villain. Uh, Jenner, Jenna Fisher is um, uh, billed as Sandra, but she's just a hostage. Yeah, and a- so oh, we'll get to this as well. Okay, but okay. I watched the, uh, on the, on the DVDs, there is a full, <laughs> there's the full uncut Michael right. Scott. Uh, it's called a Michael Scott joint. Threat level midnight, uh-huh. and it's like a twenty-five minute, half hour sort of thing. It's a lot of the stuff you see in the episode, yeah. But there's a lot of stuff in between, and Pam has a lot more lines. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, yeah uh, Bj Novak is the NHL coach. Um, uh, uh, Andy is the is Billy the bartender. Mm-hmm. Stanley is the narrator, and um, do we see him uh, also as a hostage? Perhaps? No, the okay. hostages are. Kelly, Kevin, right. Toby, Pam, and season two, Roy. Creed, Br- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Creed Bratton as Cherokee Jack, uh, Michael's hockey coach. Um, uh, we got uh, Meredith is a bachelor party girl. Uh, Mindy Kaling, a hostage. Angela Martin, a bachelor, bachelor party, party girl. girl. <laughs> Same with Phyllis. Toby and, is yeah. the hostage slash animal rapist, convicted <laughs> animal rapist, <Yeah>. who <laughs> gets his head blown yeah. off. 
<laughs> Oscar is a speed skater who wins the mm-hmm. speed skating competition and gets murdered with the American flag. Yeah, that's right. That's what Michael uses. That's what Michael uses. The American flag. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Daryl is the president. Um, he uh, he uh, points out that he uh, gave up a lot of weekends, a lot of time. Yeah, next, so that his his daughter could see what it would look like for there to be a black president. What a waste of time. <laughs> uh, Phyllis is a bachelor party girl. Um, we got uh, Jan as uh, Jasmine Winsong. There's even more. Troy plays yep. uh, the Golden Faces henchman. Yeah, who shoots the blow dart at Jasmine Winsong. <laughs> uh, you know what? I also found out that Tony Gardner. Yeah, I was is just the, I was the say this. Yeah, it's so hard to see in the actual episode. Did Did you see more of him in the? Yeah, there's extended a re- cut? there's a really funny moment where. So what happens is like Tony Gardner's playing the piano and she's singing, and then it just cuts to Michael Michael Scott at the piano bench, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know he's just sitting there not. But playing there's anything. a scene where he's like, uh, there's a scene where Michael Scott goes up to the to Tony on the piano bench. He says something like, "Beat it, loser." <laughs> Or he's like, get out of here. Yeah. And the guy, and he just goes, okay, mister. <laughs> that's the whole exchange. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I love, I mean, just kind of speaking about Tony, I loved how they play with the, um, there's the people who are, are from the show in the past, mm-hmm. obviously like uh, like Karen Filippelli, mm-hmm. who's, got, who's got the one line, you ever bang a whole bachelorette party, baby? <laughs> she's they, like, they get a talking head with her in a parking lot. That she's like, why are you singling out my line after all these years? Uh, and Karen was quoted, or Karen, um, Rashida Jones was quoted as saying it was like a time warp to go back to be asked to go back to the office yeah. for this one day of shooting yeah. or this one uh, scene, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but just in in general, it's really nice to see the whole cast utilized and kind of woven together in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, that is uh isn't, doesn't feel overstuffed, you know, because mm-hmm. the movie moves through so many different periods and different scenes. Um, I think a notable omission from the the uh, the movie is Aaron. Oh, okay, she's in the extended cut. Or, no, oh, okay. she doesn't appear at all in. Uh, no, she now. doesn't, and she's one of the most excited people to watch. <laughs> yeah, the reasoning B.J. Novak gave is that the last two years were like editing. So that's so. Yeah, the, it's worth pointing out. Michael does say exactly what the timeline of making the movie is. After three years of writing, one year of shooting, four years of reshooting, <laughs> and two years of editing, I have finally completed my movie, Threat Level Midnight. So uh, this is season seven, so he's been editing since season five. And, I mean, it's funny because he's basically saying that he'd already started filming it when the employees of the office find the screenplay in season two. Yeah, there's a there's a really good uh, thing from BJ Novak and where he talks about and I know I'm gonna I'm gonna reference this a yeah, lot. That's good, I love because it. this is our I haven't of, watched it. So this is our primary source document. I mean, it's an it's a written interview. You can find yeah. it if you look it okay. up. Okay, um, it's alluded to in the um, the uh, Wikipedia page for this episode as well. Cool, um, an easy way to find it. But basically, he talks about how the joke isn't that. Michael uh, made a, is bad at making a movie. Mm-hmm. The joke is that Michael worked so hard and so diligently mm-hmm. on making something that is totally ridiculous. Right, like that's that's what's funny about it. You oh know? yeah. Like, so it did, he didn't want it to be like that. He didn't know how to shoot or edit. Right. Because we see him edit other movies. <laughs> right. Over the course of the right. office. Right. Yeah. The commercial that they make. The commercial. The uh, the video that he shows David Wallace. Right. Yeah. yeah. Over that U two song. Yeah. Try walking a mile in Stanley's shoes. Right. Or try Phyllis's pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, another thing I did uh, see someone else posted on uh, the Dunderpedia for this, uh, for Threat Level Midnight. Um, it's, yeah, Aaron is not in the movie because they say he's been editing, editing it for yeah. two years, but Helene is in the movie. Right, yeah. Who he only started dating in season six. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's not perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, it makes sense that he could have totally filmed that scene with Helene mm-hmm. in season six and then added it into the movie. We but. also see him like really play up the scenes where he can have romantic drama or tension with these <laughs> yeah. different female characters. The bachelorette party. Yeah. You know, Helene is the nurse. Yeah. Jasmine Winsong. Yeah. Um, Bj Novak uh, again asked, like, you know, if there was one character that you wanted to get in the show, and he huh. says uh, he wanted Katie, Amy Adams. Oh. To come back as like a floozy, 
that would have uh, been in great. bed with Michael Scarn before Dwight wakes him up with a mission for the. Oh prison. my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she, I think she was busy with. Uh, she wasn't available to film one of her Oscar nominated films yeah, or exactly. something. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm making a rival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, time, that's yeah. not really it. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I love to, yeah, the way that they use the location. So, of course, uh, the conference room um, as uh, the president's office, mm-hmm. um, we've got, uh, w- where there's a lot of decoration that they've added. They That window to the hallway in the annex mm-hmm. is now like some beautiful garden or something right, like yeah. that. And then there's a giant, there's the giant uh, Abraham Lincoln frame. Um, which of course Michael smashes over Daryl's head <laughs> <laughs> when they're shooting at him. Um, of course Michael's condo, which there's candelabras everywhere. Mm-hmm. I can only assume that he had <laughs> left over from when Jan was the <laughs> Serenity by Jan. Um, the the warehouse is where the hostages are being kept. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just it's supposed to be underneath the hockey rink, so there's just a sign that they've placed above the hostages that says Zamboni parking only. <laughs> <laughs> the concession stand workers. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the only change they made. Um, it, very little decoration down there. Jim is just sitting in a office chair the whole time. <laughs> they did a really good job of replicating the look and feel of the characters in earlier seasons. So mm. in the hostage scene, uh, it's all season two, right? right? So that's how Pam is wearing like that blue and white striped button down that she's always wearing in season mm-hmm. two. Um, Jim, his haircut looks like season right, two. Right. Same BJ with Novak's Roy. hair is kind of scruffy. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, in the Q&A with BJ Novak, he talks about how, um, and I guess there's also some lines from the costume or hair and makeup uh, people, mm-hmm. and they talked about all the, the different adjustments they had to make. So they had like, a, I guess they had DVDs to look at hmm. how the characters were presented in the first few seasons so mm-hmm. they could help dress them that way. Um, but there is one scene where uh, I think Pam says they did a test showing of it at one point, and everyone thought it was a comedy. Hmm. So everybody's laughing in the conference room, and it's right, like, right. oh yeah, yeah, Jim, Pam, Ryan, Creed, Kevin, yeah, yeah, Kelly, yeah, and Michael gets up and turns it off, right? yeah. Um, and I guess the only makeup adjustment they had to make was to glue sideburns onto Ryan, <laughs> you know, and he's wearing the bright blue shirt that he wears all, all the time in the right, early seasons right. as well. So yeah, I did. I caught that. I caught that scene too, and I was like, oh okay, they've just. They've only put a few of them in there, so there's no like, oh, there's Karen watching it, right. or you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they just pick the people who are always there. Of course, uh, you know, we've been to the ice rink before um, for Michael's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. yeah uh, and uh, which is, where, you know, where he meet, he, he runs into Carol um, and, uh, and uh, uh, taking her kids on a birthday party. Speaking too. of Carol, one of my, one of, I don't know how, you know, you watch these episodes, you know, and then however much time passes, you maybe, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have it on in the background when I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, you watch them here and there, but like, you forget the small jokes and the small details. And when they pan out on Scarn Manor, it's just Carol Stills realtor at the bottom. It's just like a picture of a house <laughs> that Carol is selling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's funny that Carol that um Carol wasn't able to to come back mm-hmm. for for that. Um but uh, but yeah. Um the only one that I couldn't place was the Funky Cat, which is the jazz, the hippest oh, jab, really? jazz club in town. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, there's just, it's like pipe and drape everywhere, mm-hmm. and there's blue lights, and they have a grand, they have a baby grand piano. Mm-hmm. It seems that one seemed a little outrageous. I didn't understand how Michael put that <laughs> one together. <laughs> in, the, uh, in the full cut of Threat Level Midnight, there's a moment where Michael goes up to this person and taps them on the shoulder, mm-hmm. and he says, "Are you Jasmine Winsong?" And it turns around, and it's Meredith wearing a fake mustache, and she goes, "I'm a man." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Jasmine Winsong's up there," and she's it's Jan on the piano, and then yeah. Jan goes, "They call me Jasmine Winsong." What an unnecessary <laughs> joke at Meredith's expense! <laughs> like, why are they so mean to Meredith? I'm a man. <laughs> And, and while we're there, there's an amazing exchange in this sort of thing where there's a lot of uh, Michael Scarn and Jan or in Jasmine Winsong talking at the piano. Hmm. And the narrator's like, if he was going to find out about those hostages, Scarn knew he had to make her fall in love with him. So he started being himself. <laughs> and he's playing the piano in like a really robotic way. Yeah. And he's describing himself. And he's like, I love fish sandwiches. I love babies. I love puppies. He's like, might just be me, but I call them. I think of them as baby dogs. <laughs> and he says, I would describe myself as part Bruce Wayne, part Bruce Willis, and part Bruce Lynch. 
Bruce. <laughs> uh, um, then Troy uh, hits <laughs> hits Jan in the in the, the throat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. With the blow like, dart. Yeah, which is just such a uh, yeah. Uh, check please, <laughs> Michael says. Um, I love Creed as the hockey trainer, Cherokee Jack. Yeah, he has mop to get the into the All Star game, right? Mm-hmm. Another opportunity for Michael Scott to show off his uh, figure skating skills. Kind of a, a wax on, wax off reference mm-hmm. there. Maybe it's a Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. I think a huge piece of this episode that we haven't touched on uh, is the fact that it's not just this fake movie that Michael has made. Uh, there is a big uh, opportunity for Michael to show emotional growth in this episode, mm. which is, you know, Michael. <laughs> the episode starts with Aaron dragging Michael out into the main area from the kitchen and saying that, hey, everyone, just so we know, our own Michael Scott has created the movie, but he's only going to show it if everyone is dying to see it. <laughs> yeah, right. And Michael says, don't put words in my mouth, <laughs> which clearly means that Michael fed her the line. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so they all get to see it and they're all like, nobody laughs. So we get to watch the whole thing. Right. right? Oh, yeah, Pam has that great part where she goes, you know, nobody laugh, everyone just have fun, good energy, and we'll all have a great day. And then Creed goes, thanks, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, and then, of course, the episode goes on, and uh, Michael brings Holly, and Holly didn't even know that this existed. <laughs> right. And uh, Mike, or Jim starts laughing when, uh, to move ahead in the Threat Level Midnight plot, Michael goes to the bar to regain his... Michael Scarn goes to the bar to regain his self-confidence, right? right? And during the Scarn, right, the Scarn dance, Jim can't handle it. He's, yeah. He starts laughing, and Todd Packer says, if doing the Scarn is gay, <laughs> I'm the biggest queer on earth. Yeah. <laughs> right? Todd Packer's role is the drunk in the bar. Right. In the deleted scene, uh, Packer's like, the Scarn, huh? Sounds pretty gay. <laughs> oh, okay. And Michael Scarn goes, it is gay and straight. And black and white and young and old. <laughs> it's for everyone. Right. Yeah. Um, so when Jim starts to laugh, Michael gets up and he's really upset, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he has this exchange with Holly where, you know, he's like, uh, he's like, this is my dream, 11 years. If He's like, all this time I could have been working on the Scar Nebulous. <laughs> <laughs> and Holly's like, for your dream, you never talk about it. You know, he's yeah. like, if I don't have this, what do I have? He's like, I have my book, somehow I manage. Mm-hmm. I have my stand-up special, here I go again, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, uh, but I don't know. I don't have, you know, um, he's like, what else do I have? And Holly says, you know, you can't think of anything else that you have. Right. Uh, he's like, nothing that's real. And she goes, well, I am real. And he goes, yeah. Yeah, real pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I called you a pain in the ass. I love you. <laughs> I'm going to go watch the movie with yeah. people that are, with people who love the movie. I'm sorry. And I love you. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love, that's a little bit of emotional triage that we don't see from Michael. Hmm. And in that, you know, when Michael ruins something, he 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 burns it like he nukes it. Yeah. And, you know, there's a line in one of the episodes where he says, and later on, when I am ruining everything, you really want me on your side. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and there there's the, that moment where Michael is is he said something really hurtful. Right. And he immediately he's still going. He's still sort of spewing. Yeah. And he's like, and I'm sorry. I love you. Right. Right. To a person who's going to forgive him. Right, right. Um, which I think yeah, is, you can is, see it on Holly's face that she's like, okay, well, right, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? What's your favorite part? And she's like, I like that you got to make this movie with all your friends, right? Yeah, right. Um, but eventually, Michael comes around. He realizes that you know it's all pretty ridiculous and that he doesn't have to worry. Well, yeah, yeah. and it, yeah, they're sitting there watching the movie, and uh, he runs onto the ice at one point. Well, in the movie, he's he's stopping the 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 bomb is in the puck, so mm-hmm. he's got to get on the ice and get in the game. But he reveals while they're watching that that he actually ran on to like a kid's like yeah. <laughs> a high school championship. Yeah, 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 championship game and they had to forfeit. Undefeated and, season, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he completely ruined it for them. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I feel bad for whoever was holding the camera that day, I guess, who <laughs> went with Michael. Dwight probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can only assume. Uh but uh but yeah, and then and then he gets shushed. <laughs> by, right. But, but uh but yeah, that's when he starts to realize, oh yeah, this movie is dumb and it's it's not all about me and he gets Holly to come back. Well he talks to Holly and she says, Your movie's really good and he goes, No, it's not, but it's okay. Yeah. Right? And that that sort of I mean it's it's a it's a pretty quick it's a pretty big leap for him to make to figure yeah. that out. But that that he does at all 
is sort of this this growth from Michael that we don't really see. You know, yeah, Michael. I mean, in the early seasons, this kind of thing happens, and the whole thing is that Michael doesn't learn a lesson, you know, hmm. or that Michael's lesson is seems it doesn't stick. He like can't, he still can't get it right, right? Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> there's a moment in the Wolf.com episode, uh, and I guess this isn't from an earlier season, but where they're all talking about like who wants to sell? I, 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 and Michael goes, I will not sell. <laughs> yeah, right. And Daryl is like, "What's wrong with you? What happened to you in high school?" <laughs> and in, in season seven, so much of what we see at the end, and in this long exit for Michael Scott, yeah, right, and in taking off with Holly and flying off to the sunset in Boulder, right, Mountain Ton, um, <laughs> is 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 these little sort of periods or pockets of growth, and this is a big one, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That, that that's a good point to to bring it up and thinking about that. It's not very much longer after this that that Michael Scott leaves the show. This is episode seventeen of season seven, so it's it's at least. Uh, at least passed halfway through. And if you want to talk about this episode and the client sort of as mirrors for each other, right? Think about in the client, the A story is about Michael and Jan trying to save the branch from being downsized. And the B story is kind of all of them reading Michael's screenplay, right? Mm-hmm. And if you flip it to look at season seven, the A story is them watching the realized version of Michael's um, movie. And then the B story is Michael and Holly and Michael sort of coming to terms with the fact that this movie isn't that good, but that's okay, right? Mm. And if you think about it that way, Early seasons, right? Where are the stakes, right? The stakes are in the branch not getting downsized and people keeping their jobs and them like fighting on to sell paper yeah. one more day, right? Yeah, yeah. Where are the stakes in season seven? It's Michael and Holly, right? Hmm. Are they going to be okay? You know, what's going to what's going to happen with their right. relationship? Is Michael going to burn it all? Right, right. With this person who's a perfect match for him, right? right? So what 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 is at stake, right? And it's at the at the beginning of the show, it's it's the branch and it's the company, it's downsizing, and at the end of the show, it's relationships, it's emotional, hmm. it's the the emotional romantic stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. The the corporate stuff really doesn't matter that much as as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, going back and watching the watching them back to back, I kind of like you know watching the client. It is kind of nice to go back to those episodes where things are a little simpler almost yeah. when that's the conflict. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about the episode in in the context of uh, you know we're trying to you know uh, fi- you know close out this character essentially. So he he learns a big lesson um, just a few episodes before his exit. And again, to kind of continue this in the extended Threat Level Midnight movie, there in the there's a moment where. Uh, you know, the, the president is like, all right, Michael Scarn, or all right, Agent Scarn, like, here's what's going on, you know. Go- so the the real context, and B.J. Novak alludes to this, is that Golden Face, uh, Scarn stops Golden Face from blowing up the MLB All-Star Game, the NFL All-Star Game, <laughs> the NBA All-Star Game. <laughs> and uh, he takes one, Scarn takes one day off to go on a charity 20K run with his friend Robin Williams, and Golden Face blows up the WNBA All-Star Game. <laughs> In which Catherine Zeta Jones was playing. Right, right. right. So <laughs> that's and and that's what Daryl says as the president, right? Yeah. And uh, now he's going to blow up the NHL All Star Game. Mm-hmm. And Dwight says, and Dwight as Samuel says, why not just cancel the game? And Daryl says, uh, it would be t- it would cost too much money. And Michael Scarn says, money. It's always about money. If I ever start a business, we won't even care about money. <laughs> and then later on in the episode. There's a scene where we get to learn the origins of Golden Face, uh-huh. and in the air episode that made it to air, it's Michael and Holly are kind of talking over this, but the Jim uh, Pam says to Jim, why is your face gold? And Jim says, why do you care? And Pam says, I was just making conversation, right? Like, that's all we hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? okay. And, but in the, uh, in the full extended cut, there's a scene where they, <laughs> at the beginning, Golden Face leaves them alone. He's like, well, I'm going to go do some drugs. None of you try anything. <laughs> and they have this conversation about electing a leader. And Pam's character says, I think I should be the leader. I am a general, a cop, and a negotiator. Basically, I'm a mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, now's your chance. You can talk to Golden Face. There's also a great moment where Golden Face comes back and goes, ah, those drugs really hit the spot. <laughs> I love, Yeah, the yeah. way that Michael writes a villain is... <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna dig up your dead wife and hump her real good. <laughs> Jim is like not a big fan of the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh. But anyway, uh. Pam's character makes an appeal to Golden Face. Mm-hmm. Um. He says, "Why is your face cold? You know, I was just making conversation." And and Golden Face says, "You really want to know?" He's like, "I used to work in a gold factory." 
and our boss didn't all he cared about was money. He didn't give us lunch breaks, so we had to eat the gold. <laughs> and one day I looked in the mirror and my whole face was gold. And he thought that maybe if he could blow up all the all star games, it would cause all the trophies to explode and then everyone would have golden faces. Oh my gosh. That's the, the that's that's the motivation. It's all about it's all the about money, right? And how right. money is the root of all evil. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's hysterical. That's right. And then we learn, of course, later that the uh, that the president <clears throat> is also bad because he's trying to collect the insurance money <laughs> on the arena. The president of the United States yeah. is trying to collect insurance. Is running an insurance scam <laughs> on an arena? Of course, the movie ends with Daryl giving uh, Michael another mission, mm-hmm. and uh, Andy points out, "Isn't the president bad?" <laughs> it becomes clear that Michael just forgot that. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned Andy because one thing that came up in that BJ Novak Q and A is like. Why is it like we love Andy as the bartender? Yeah. And BJ Novak said that was a decision where Michael writes Andy as this antiquated bartender stereotype because Michael doesn't have any sort of familiarity with working class bars, right? Right. And then when Andy plays that character, Andy has even less familiarity <laughs> with working class <laughs> bars. So he's really overdrawn. He's yeah. like, You think you got problems? You know? Yeah, yeah. 30 you bucks a month. Game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got sports games again. You know? <laughs> yeah. Never change, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I see what you mean about problems. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Andy's like lip syncing all of his uh, all of his lines. He's mouthing all of his lines as he watches the movie. And when you talk about the song that closes the episode, threat level what? Midnight. <laughs> threat level who? Michael Scarn. Threat level why? <laughs> Apartheid. <laughs> we gotta end it. Free Mandela, peace. I'm out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a scene. Where it says uh, "Threat Level Midnight," words and lyrics by Michael, or uh, words and music by Michael Scott, performed by Andy Bernard, inspired by the music of Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it was like all the pop raps that Will Smith does for all of his movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, um, any any favorite moments from uh, from Threat Level Midnight? I mean, we've covered quite a few. Yeah. Uh, a couple of small things that I noticed is that when time passes, like three days of training passes. And it's just Michael's Dave Barry joke of the day calendar pages. Right, right. Falling yeah, on the ground. I did notice that. And then fun. when the movie first starts and it's panning over the pictures and it's it's like Scarn Manor. And yeah, it's all like the newspaper clippings. And it's it's a locket, like so two sides of a heart locket. And one is Michael and Catherine Zeta-Jones together on the left. Mm-hmm. And as it pans over, the other picture in the locket is Michael kneeling, crying at her grave. Like the, oh the other picture in the locket is him crying at at oh her. My God. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And there's 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 so many just little things like that. Like in the yeah. deleted scene when uh, when Michael picks up that phone and he's like, uh, "Michael, we have uh, Agent Scarn. We have one more mission for you." And he's like. I'm in, right? Yeah. The, in the deleted scene, Samuel holds up his hand for a high five, and Michael just looks at him and and like and like shakes his head. And Dwight and Dwight puts his hand back down. <laughs> um, yeah, Dwight especially was like making me laugh so much uh, after um, when they're underneath the hockey stadium. Uh, Golden Face tells uh, Michael Scarn, you know. I won't blow up the stadium if you forgive me for killing your dead wife or for murdering your wife. And as Michael is thinking, it's kind of like a slow motion push on him Mm -hmm. um, right before he kind of is remembering all of these times. It's the same (laughs) emotional music every time. Yeah. Yeah. But, Behind him, Dwight is just doing robot arms. <laughs> <laughs> He's like really worried and like <laughs> taking the bullet from Michael yeah. was not in the script. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted him to talk like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of little things from the deleted scenes. Um, it you know, Threat Level Midnight and Michael Scott joint in the intros. It's uh, it's like Michael Scott, James Halpert. Mm-hmm. D.K. Schrute mm-hmm. and introducing Ryan Howard. That's how the opening credits uh-huh. lay out. And then the closing credits, the last picture is of uh, is of Michael in the hockey jersey looking up at the camera. And I'll show you guys. Uh, I'll, we'll post a photo of this. Okay. But it just says a great Scott production. Oh, my gosh. That's a- <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, and then uh, one last thing. Oh, at the very end of um, there's a deleted like it's. It's, I guess it's technically a lead scene because it's in the full cut of the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a post-credit scene 
like in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where Michael Scarn is in his bathrobe. He's like, "Are you still here? The movie's right. over." Oh, yeah. Right. And uh, and then Dwight comes out, still wearing his tuxedo, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Go home. He's right. gone." And they're right. like, "Look at those floors. Could they be any stickier?" Right. They're like this guy's just here for the popcorn. Right. <laughs> like they're just trying to make jokes, and it's yeah. clear each of them are trying to get the last word in. Right. And they're right. like, "Go home. Go home. Go home." <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. But I mean, look, just to just to put a button on it to wrap it everything up. Yeah. Um, it's amazing that they could plant a seed like this in season two and then have it come back in season seven. I guess it was Steve Carell's idea. Oh, cool. Um, in a way that we as audience members were not expecting. You right. Know? Like we never expected to see a full threat level midnight movie. Um, but it was just kind of a funny thread that ran throughout the show. And then to have it um, come to life in a way that, you know, have it having it be sort of a, a show within a show. Right. Mm-hmm. Play within a play, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a vehicle for Michael to kind of grow emotionally, like makes right. it really rewarding um, as part of Michael's character arc winding down and wrapping up. Right, right. So uh, all of that together, I mean, it's just, it's a great little chunk of The Office, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. It, it's it's fun to see, it's fun to see the, um, all the employees acting, you know, pretending to be mm-hmm. other people. I think a lot of people did a great job of being bad actors, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, uh but uh, but yeah, I I I think it's it it, it was it, it rewatching it. I I I rewatched it like about three times mm-hmm. um, preparing for this, and each time it was just as funny. And I think Threat Level Midnight is a perfect vehicle for the cast to be really over the top without having it be super corny. Mm-hmm. I think uh, B J Novak mentioned that like all the actors on the show love when they get to like play really funny. You know, mm-hmm. like John Krasinski loves when he gets to play something really silly, like couldn't mm-hmm. wait to put on the gold face paint. Yeah. You know, in the speed skating suit or whatever. <laughs> um, and it's a way that allows them to do that without being super. Um, I don't even know what the word is, but like mm-hmm. without it just being super hacky. Like, yeah. 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 Um, it's, the, it's the mind of Michael Scott. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think that wraps it up. I, I mean, think that I wraps know, it up. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, now it's time for a new segment called Pam's Art Show. Do you have something in your pocket? So, um, as I mentioned a couple episodes back, um, our good friend Pat gave me a gift. Oh, um, yeah. In Los Angeles when I was visiting him. And uh, now that we have moved into this Airstream trailer um, podcast studio that you know we share with, with other people, of course, there's little pieces of art and little artifacts up from other podcasts. I think that we can pin this up somewhere or stick it up somewhere um, because oh, that's <laughs> awesome. and I'll post a picture of this on uh, on the Facebook. But uh, Pat uh, did a little watercolor of the of the office building, just like Pam's um, that uh, that Michael ends up purchasing. That's beautiful. <laughs> and it says art, the Michael Scott Podcast Co. at the his top. His art is the prettiest art of all the art. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, thank you so much, Pat. Um, uh, like I said, I'll post this up on, uh, on the social medias, but, uh, I think we're going to, we're going to put this up in our studio somewhere. That's super cool. <laughs> I think that'd be really cool if the letters, yeah. yeah, add to the the collage. I think they're, they're very particular. I've heard about what goes up, but, uh-huh. but we'll see. There are people who have their Polaroids and stuff up around. Yeah. So yeah. I think that I think we, we can, might be able to, I think you know, we can sneak it in somewhere. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's really cool. <laughs> so thank you so much, Pat. And if anyone else has, uh, any artwork that they'd ever love to share with us, uh, we love to see stuff like that. We can post some of our favorites up on Instagram or something like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously this, uh, this episode is a little different because we don't have Alex here. Yeah. Uh, considerably fewer drops and quotes coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm sure we'll have that again next time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, one, you know, this isn't really room for a segment. One thing I wanted to mention or recommend to uh, other fellow office fans out there is Rain Wilson did appear on the You Made It Weird podcast oh, cool. with Pete Holmes a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to that. He talks a lot about his Baha'i faith, his spirituality. He's a very deeply spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Um, he runs uh, Soul Pancake, right? Um, which is a website and has a lot of very uplifting book things. Too, yeah. Uh, Kid President was kind of went viral a few years ago, <laughs> um, and he, he has a book called The Bassoon King. But uh, but anyway, um, it's a really interesting look at Rain Wilson, the person, hmm. um, in a way that is very different from Dwight. In that in that he talks about the Baha'i faith so openly, mm-hmm. um, and it's a faith that I was not so familiar with. So, oh, uh, yeah, uh, a recommendation. Oh, for, that's uh, cool. Yeah, our fellow Office fans. Yeah, that's great. Um, and, yeah, Pete Holmes, of course, is you know kind of a religious, spiritual guy, and mm-hmm. so that that makes sense that they'd have a long conversation about that. One very small thing that I forgot to include okay. from the client okay. is that when Dwight and Kevin are lighting off fireworks, 
you can see that Jim and Pam are on the roof, and they're looking across to this empty lot that's across the street. Right, right. And having been there a few months ago, that's buildings now. Right, right. Like that lot doesn't exist <laughs> anymore. You know? I, and I think that we see that even in money when Michael is running across the yeah, street. Yeah, to get you the know? train, yeah. Um, very small detail, but uh, but something that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's a good one. Um, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, of course, uh, tune in next week uh, when we'll be back. I think I think Alex might be calling in. He'll he, he might be away next week, but we'll see about that. If you have uh, any questions or comments for us, hit us up. You can call our phone number five zero three six nine four nine three one four. Leave us a message, and sometimes we play them on the show. Uh, you can also email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram, at Michael Scott Podcast Company. We're on Twitter, at Michael Scott Pod. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com, um, which we've been uh, kind of vamping up, and uh, uh, Ryan's been doing some some artwork for us on there, so go check that out. Uh, of course, special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who runs uh, our social media and does all our artwork, and to Open Signal, a community media center in Portland where we record our show. Yeah, thanks again to anyone who has. Thank you all for listening, of course, um, and uh, enjoying this show uh, with us, The Office and our show. Uh, if you have sent in a question, take uh, e- email, message, whatever, uh, and we haven't gotten into it yet, I'm sorry, just remember, I forget it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it for today. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Bibbidi boppity, give me the zoppity. Yes, sir. Well, my name's Michael Scon, and I'm here to say I'm about to do the Scon in a major way. You jump to the right and you shake a hand And you jump to the left and you shake that hand You meet new friends, you tie some yarn And that's how you do the scarn You jump to the right and you shake that hand And you jump to the left and you shake that hand you meet new friends, tie that yarn That's how you do the scarn You jump to the right and you shake that hand And you jump to the left and you shake that hand you meet new friends, tie that yarn That's how you do the scarn If doing the scarn is gay then I'm the biggest queer on earth! Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.